welcome to Baptist Perspective with Jimmy Barber. Whether you're listening while driving home from work, sitting with a hot cup of coffee, or making dinner, we hope this podcast will be thought-provoking and edifying. Now, here with today's episode is Jimmy Barber. We saw in previous studies some of the struggles for religious freedom in Massachusetts revolving around the life of Isaac Bacchus. Today, we are beginning to show somewhat the struggles of the freedom of religion in Virginia focused on the life of John Leland. We ended our previous podcast by supplying a couple of quotes from Leland supporting the freedom of religion. In order to get some insight into the colony of Virginia and the laws instituted for the promotion of a certain religion, and the suppression of any other that differed from it, we will give some examples. First, to set the stage somewhat, we will supply from the History of Baptist in Virginia by Robert Baylor Simpson, pages 46 through 47, the following. Our ancestors, being chiefly immigrants from England, brought with them all that religious intolerance which had so long prevailed in the mother country. Thus we see that the first care of our earthly legislatures was to provide for the Church of England, as established by the Act of Parliament. By the first Act of 1623, it is provided that in every plantation or settlement there shall be a house or room set apart for the worship of God. But it soon appears that this worship was only to be according to the canons of the Church of England, to which a strict uniformity was enjoined. A person, absenting himself from divine service on a Sunday without a reasonable excuse, forfeited a pound of tobacco. And he that absented himself a month forfeited 50 pounds. Any minister who was absent from his church above two months in a year forfeited half his salary, and he who uh, absented himself four months forfeited the whole. Whoever disparaged a minister whereby the minds of his parishioners might be alienated was compelled to pay 500 pounds of tobacco and ask the minister's pardon publicly in the congregation. No man was permitted to dispose of any of his tobacco till till the minister was satisfied under penalty of forfeiting double his part of the minister's salary. The first allowance made to the ministers was 10 pounds of tobacco and a bushel of corn for each tithable and every laboring person, of what quality or condition soever, was bound to contribute. In the year 1631, the assembly granted to ministers, beside the formal allowance of ten pounds of tobacco and a bushel of corn, the twentieth calf, the twentieth kid, and the twentieth pig. This was the first introduction of tithes properly so-called in Virginia. But it did not continue long, for in 1733 the law was repealed. To preserve 
the purity of doctrine and unity of the church, it was enacted in 1643 that all ministers should be conformable to the orders and constitution of the Church of England, and that no other persons be permitted to preach publicly or privately. It was further provided that the governor and council should take care that all nonconformists depart the colony with all conveniency. End of quote. Regarding ministers other than those of the Church of England being banished from the colony of Virginia, Charles F. James gives the following concerning his documentary history of the struggles for religious liberty in Virginia on page 18. Windsor, Narrative and Critical History of America, Volume 3, page 148, has the following notice of that act of 1643. After stating that Sir William Berkeley became governor in 1642, he says, During the year, three congregational ministers came from Boston to Virginia to disseminate their doctrines. Their stay, however, was but short, for by an enactment of the assembly, all ministers other than those of the Church of England were compelled to leave the colony. End of quote. You will remember from our previous podcast that the Congregational ministers from the colony of Massachusetts likewise persecuted those who differed from them by the use of civil government. Now in Virginia, we find that one Protestant religion is persecuted by another Protestant religion. While the Congregationalists, that is Puritans, came out of the Church of England, which was the ruling religion in Virginia, much of their doctrine was the same. But they were not to be tolerated in Virginia. Another quote from the History of the Church of God by Elders Cushion Biggs and Sylvester Hassel, page 523, will further enlighten the conditions of the early days of Virginia. In 1643, the Church of England was established by law in Virginia. In 1653, Sir William Berkeley, royal governor of Virginia, strove by whippings and brandings to make the inhabitants of that colony conform to the established so-called church and thus drove out the Baptists and Quakers who found a refuge in the Albemarle County of North Carolina, a colony which was settled, by, says Bancroft, by the freest of the free, by men to whom the restraints of other colonies were too severe. In 1790, John Leland stated in the Virginia Chronicle, as given on pages 122-123 in the writings of John Leland, edited by L.F. Green, the following, The subject of religious liberty has been so canvassed for 14 years and has so far prevailed that in Virginia a politician can no more be popular without the possession of it than a preacher who denies the doctrine of the new birth. Yet many who make this profession behave in their families as if they did not believe what they profess. For a man to contend for the religious liberty on the courthouse green 
and deny his wife, children, and servants the liberty of conscience at home is a paradox not easily reconciled. If a head of a family could answer for all his house in the day of judgment, there would be a decree of justice in the controlling them in the mode of worship and joining society. But answer for them he cannot. Each one must give an account of himself to God, and none but cruel tyrants will prevent their wives, children, or servants either directly or indirectly from worshiping God according to the dictates of their consciences and joining the society they choose. For as religion does not destroy either civil or domestic government, so neither of them extend their rightful influence to the empire of conscience. The rights of conscience are so sacred that no mortal can justly uh, circumscribe them, and yet the conscience is so defiled by sin as well as the other powers of the soul that it may lead men into error. The word conscience signifies common science, a court of judicature erected by God in every human breast, and as the courts of justice often give wrong judgment for want of good information, so it happens with the conscience. The author of our religion said the time will come when he that killeth you will think that he doeth God's service. And Paul verily thought that he ought to do many things against the Lord Jesus, so that conscience is not the rule of life, but the word of God. Though conscience should be free from human control, yet it should be in strict subordination to the law of God. You will notice in this quote that while Leland believed in the freedom of conscience for each person and not to be under control by human law, it was never free from the duty of being in subjection to the law of God. Today it is feared that too many people are unable to make this separation. Yes, legally one's conscience is not to be governed by civil authority. Nevertheless, each of us is responsible to God to worship and honor Him as they are to, as Leland said, be in strict subordination to the law of God. End of quote. All men must know and be constantly reminded of the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. Matthew twelve thirty six. Our time is exhausted for today. The Lord willing, we will continue this in our next podcast. Thank you for listening to today's edition of Baptist Perspective. We archive our episodes so you can go back anytime and listen again. Do you have a question about something you've heard or just want to let us know you're listening? Visit us at baptistperspective.wordpress.com. That's baptistperspective.wordpress.com. Thanks again for listening.